Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. More showed up today than I thought would. Amen. Are y'all ready to be encouraged? I'm confident our Father, our designer, our creator, our architect, he put us together in such a way to host him that I'm confident you're going to be encouraged today because all I have is good news. I do challenge the bad news in our world right now, though, with good news. Amen. How many of y'all have loved ones in your life and um, the facts state the relationship may not make it, their health may not see them through very many more days. There's just a list of things that go on with people that we love and we're connected with that based on the knowledge that we have present with us, it says something negative. But the Lord wants me to tell you that he has a truth that comes in that changes all that. And if we can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. And you are more spirit than you are what you look at in the mirror. You happen to be a spirit man that lives in a body that has a soul. You're very powerful. You're very unique. God chose you as the apple of his eyes. He put you together just right. Now, we're in a world that has a lot of other dynamics to it that impact our lives and challenge our way of thinking. And at the end of the day, sometimes we go to bed sad, frustrated, down and out, can't sleep. A list of things are going on. And that's not God's design for you and I. His design is that we enjoy peace that is beyond our ability to comprehend joy. That's beyond our ability to speak. And he's so available for all of us in the moment, not out here, right here and now. He's so real that if you feel after him and you're designed to be able to, you have that unique makeup that we call it a filler, (sighs) that you can feel after him. And he says, I will come quickly, suddenly. Amen. He's ready to do wonderful things right now. Who will let him? And so I I have to say that I understand the challenges of life because I too am tempted to think and to entertain thoughts, ideas. I call them facts. And they'll pull you in and it'll imprison you with an idea. And it'll even make you feel like you know something that you're actually intelligent and you, anybody know what I'm talking about? And I, last time I checked, the facts have never dealt me a good hand. Uh, the facts have never proven to bring joy to my life or peace. It's always been when I opened up my spirit and I felt after him and I would just, in that moment of feeling, say, Jesus, oh, It's amazing the mentioning of his name and how that you really don't know what to do with it. You feel it. You feel his presence. Most everybody in this building right now felt something different when you came in. It had nothing to do with the building at all. It had to do because two or three were gathering. Amen. You got got around a 
a few that decided, man, I'm, I'm going to set the dynamic for the Lord to show up. And whew, what am I feeling? What is this that's different? Uh, I like this. Can I take this home with me? Yes, you can. You can take it home with you. Amen. Matter of fact, he's been wanting to go home with you for quite a long time. Amen. And let me, let me say it this way. His house is the body you wear. He already purchased it with his own blood. He gave everything to purchase us. He won't dictate. He won't lord over. Unless we allow him, he will not come and take over unless we give him permission. Wow. Think about that. And what's most important to him today, amen, for you to be in earth as it is in heaven, that's what, it's, that's what we're talking about today, being in earth. Well, that body you wear in right now came from the earth. It will go back to the dust of the earth. And God purposely formed you and I in his image and breathed into us and made us a living soul. He has a plan. He's an architect. He's the greatest. He don't make no junk. He knew exactly what he was doing when he put you together. And he don't apologize for you being his treasure and all of his creation. The angels right now rubbing their proverbial bills trying to figure out what is it about humanity that God is so interested in. And it's all about relationship. I don't know of anybody that does not love healthy relationships. We love connection. We're designed to want to, and many of us will be reclused and we'll find a hiding place because we've been hurt by the very thing we want. And we don't know how to work with it. We don't know what to do with it. And the Lord says, I know exactly what to do with it. Will you let me? And when we allow him to come into the mix, so to speak, and take over as king of his kingdom that's within us, every one of us, he placed his kingdom within you. Most people won't let the kingdom ignite. They won't allow it to manifest because they won't let him be king of the thing that he purchased. We as human beings are so tempted every day to be in charge. I'm in charge. I'm an individual. It's about, and our culture right now is eat up with that. And so I want to read you a few scriptures that for the, those that need a few scriptures. And I don't say that sarcastically. I have a respect for that. But when you finally get filled with his spirit on the level that he wants to fill you, nothing wrong with the book called the Bible. It's a great book. But you can read it all day long and not hear what it's saying. Or you can get filled with the author, and you will become a written epistle read and known of all men. You will become like him. Ah. Is he making you God? No, he's making you a child of God. He's making you a son. He's making you the object of his affection. He is into salvation. When he talks about salvation and identity, it's synonymous. When I'm saved, anybody like being saved? We need to be saved from a lot of things, don't we? 
But when you're truly saved, it's because you've been redeemed back into true identity. It's, you're at a place now where you're in such agreement in the spirit that you are exactly who he says you are because the devil's been telling you you're something else. And you, you didn't know it was the devil. You, 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 were, you were thinking it was your aunt and your uncle or, or even the person in the mirror saying you low down good for nothing. You're messed up. You don't do nothing but drop the ball. You're a failure. You ever heard those? I mean, you didn't hear them out loud unless somebody else was telling you. But you entertained the thoughts that, man, I messed up. And so if you've ever thought down on yourself before, you have the ability to hear spiritually. No, I, I was doing two plus two equals four, and I figured it out, and that was me talking. Oh, I understand. And you come up with a fact that made you sleep well at night. No. It's so important today. Salvation is synonymous with identity. Adam, our daddy, our daddy made a mistake, and he fell from his identity. <laughs> but our father saw something that he wanted. And he took a coat of a ram, amen, and he clothed them, not with fig leaves, with a covering. He wanted to cover it up. Now, I'm going to go do what it takes. I'm going to give everything I got so I can purchase that field called earth, humanity. And I'm going to get that treasure, and it's called relationship. He's so into you finding out who you are that he went to a cross and died our death, which really, <laughs> he died his own death. He, he gave everything so we could have a life. We'd already died. We were already dead. We'd already lost. But he come in the mix and died a death that you and I can't die so that we could live. And truth has everything to do with it. Amen? I want to share some things with you today that I feel very strong about in my spirit because he put it there. And I want to read from you in Acts 1 and 8. When Jesus begins his ministry, notice how he says it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. He's about to leave in the clouds. He's about to leave the earth. And he's telling his followers, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Now, he needs a witness, right? You're going to take on an identity that's going to reveal me to the world. Anybody want to host him on that level where you are his witness? And I'm not talking about, and I'm not preaching against anything. I'm preaching for something. But the kingdom of God is not spooky and weird. We're designed to host him. And uh, Christianity has went all kinds of directions and offended a lot of people on their way to looking for Jesus. And so I'm not saying go get a bullhorn and, and get on the corner. Now, if the Lord tells you to do that, do it. But let me encourage you today. Being his witness is being like him. 
And there's not very many people that I found, even the religious group liked hanging out with him. The Roman government enjoyed hanging out with him. People were attracted to Jesus. Everybody agree? And there was times when he would say something they didn't understand. It would confuse them that many would leave and try to go figure it out. Right? So he very seldom said anything that the logical mind could conceive and perceive. Because it wasn't designed. Truth is not designed to, to work with logic. It's designed to come to his house and take over and dissipate anything that would offend the truth of the kingdom. Amen? And reveal identity. So, we're empowered by his spirit to do what? Be his witness. He didn't say be weird. Amen? And you might feel today that you need to shout with the voice of triumph. And you might feel today that you need to clap. And you might feel you need to raise your hands. Say, come, come on. Uh, praise is in order. Worship, amen, with an open spirit to him. He deserves all the accolades. Everybody agree? He, he alone deserves it. So we're not debating something because if you go to Super Bowl game and you'll get kind of weird there. But, and that's worship. You're worshiping your team. I mean, you're all in. You'll go out of bounds to let them know you're on board. And the Lord's wanting to know, will we get out of bounds with him? How important is life to me and you so that we can, at, when we lay down tonight, we can actually rest and enjoy peace and not toss and turn and wonder what's next. Anybody want to know that today? You want to know that everything's in place, that I can't explain it, but I know it. I know something I can't explain. I know that I know that I know. Wish I could tell you how, but <laughs> I got it. And when you have it and you're letting him have his place in your life, it's attractive. It's a witness. <sighs> what is it about you? You got something I don't have, and I want it. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. When people see the joy of the Lord in your life, and they are jealous with the right kind of jealousy. For, oh, how in the world you got all this joy? I want some of that. Where did you get that peace from? Man, everything's going to hell in a handbasket around us. Where, how is it that you're at peace? How did You're so positive, like all things are good. And, and there's stuff happening right now that's whacked out. Anybody want to get delivered of this emotional wave that our world is on right now? That I deserve a break today idea? That don't say anything out of order, I might be offended. Anybody want to get delivered of that? Well, the Holy Spirit is the only way that you and I, he wants to give us power over that so that we can be witnesses. 2,000 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, something happened, amen, in the earth, and it ain't stopping until it takes over. Regardless of what the governments and the politics and the media says, the Lord will finish what he started. Amen? Humanity, last time I checked, about every 70, you know, average 70, 80 years, they die. You can beat your chest only so long, and then you got to deal with the fact that, hey, 
you're six feet under. And they ain't no more beating your chest at that point. We need something we don't have, don't we? And so life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment, and then it just vanishes away. Now, I'm telling you, I'm 60 years old. It was yesterday I was 12 years old. And I've still got that 12-year-old boy inside of me that wants to play and have fun and live life. And you know, our daddy, he's okay with that. He designed it that way. And we can only come to him as little children. Or we can't have the kingdom unless we become as children to him. He has to be my source. I've got to lay down all this idea of knowledge and intellect and information. I have to lay it down and receive the truth that supersedes all the facts. Amen. Isn't it amazing that fear has a whole list of facts that it presents? And if you pay attention to all the facts that fear presents you, you freak out. Next thing you know, you've you got 10 locks on the door. And there's a window right there to the left that you can walk through, no problem. I know we're laughing to keep from crying. But fear produces all kinds of facts. And some people actually spend all their time trying to figure science out. And they're gathering facts. And at the end of the day, if, if science is where your faith is, well, then sickness can probably take you out. I pause for effect here. If science is where your faith is, the facts state that COVID will probably kill you. But if Jesus is your source and truth is your objective, then anything can happen. COVID has no power over you. Our Jesus is the biggest liar that's ever been. And he can't lie. But most of our Christian world won't say it like the way I said it, but they're actually call, calling Jesus a liar because they put more faith in science, more faith in politics, more faith in media. I'm not preaching against anything. Thank God for all of that. We need to pray for our leaders. We don't need to speak evil. But we need the truth to make us free. They're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. They need a witness. You see, salvation and identity are synonymous. We're being saved from an old way of thinking, an old identity, into a new way of thinking, a relationship with truth that sets us free to be in this earth as it is in heaven. Last time I checked, everybody's kind of on board with this idea. Let, let heaven come to earth. I need that. And the Lord made it so simple for us, for, for us to receive heaven. And the kingdom he chose is not out here. It's within you. And it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, tell me how to feel. Come on. Oh, take a moment, just feel after him and just speak his name. Whew. And then wh what I do next? Therein lies the challenge because now 
you're making a decision who you're going to worship. And many will say, well, I can't figure this out, so I don't know if I can. Well, that's the problem. Quit trying to figure it out. Let him come to his house. The idea that I have the right, the arrogance that I have taking the posture and the position that I'm going to figure God out before God does what God does is the problem. He will wait on us till we wear out. He's patient. He's long-suffering. In the process, he's kind and gentle, and he just holds until we've had enough. And we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. He'll wait for us to hit the bottom, and he'll be right there to pick us up. And our resolve then is all this information that we gathered is vanity and vexation of the Spirit. It profiteth nothing. It's a bunch of facts. Apart from God, it's null and void. But with God and getting the download, the Holy Spirit, the getting the download of God's Spirit into our spirit, we just read a passage where there is no prophetic vision the people wander astray. They become vulnerable. Apart from being in their identity, they become uncovered. And they become vulnerable to more information, more lies, more imprisonment, more tossing and turning, more frustration. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord knows, amen, all about those loved ones that you want to see a miracle in their life, in their, in their body, in their relationships, in their spirit. You want to see them win. And then and, and the facts say that they're not going to make it. It's not going to, it's not, they ain't got much longer. And the Lord's saying, will you listen to what I got to say about it? And when you begin to feel this unction here, ah, you feel it, this pressure right in here, ah, you don't know what to do with it, it'll get right here. But that most unruly member called the tongue that we all have a problem with, if we ever let him have our most unruly member and we, we make it submit to the will of the Spirit and we begin to say what he's saying, he continues to create now. Who's the creator, ladies and gentlemen? Anybody want to join with your daddy? Anybody want to walk with him in his spirit and become his witness? That means you're available to, for him to speak through you apart from what you think you know. You now begin to have fellowship and intimate relationship, which is true knowing I can't tell you why I'm not even interested no more. I'm just going to say what the Lord's telling me. Ah, and you let it out. And lives are changed. Hope comes where there's depression and anxiety. Peace comes where there's turmoil. All of a sudden, it's, you know, I kind of like this walking in the spirit thing. can't explain it, but it's the only place to be. Because in the evening time when I lay down, I truly rest. My wife gets kind of angry at me sometimes because... As soon as I hit the pillow, I'm already singing another song. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. But I don't do that all the time because sometimes I'm hard-headed. And sometimes the Lord will let me find out about my hard-headedness. And at 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm having to deal with it. 
grace of God. The grace of God. Isn't it good to know that God loves us like that? Amen. So our culture has adopted a way of thinking that's caused this. This is written 2,000 years ago, y'all. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 1-2 it says, But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. Is anybody experiencing that yet? People will be self-centered lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. Verse 5, they, they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality they want nothing to do with God's power. Verse 7, they are always learning but never but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. They're full of, they're geniuses. Their IQ level is out the roof. They can pass an SAT, any kind of test, and it just, they don't even have to study. But they don't have any revelation knowledge that makes them who God says they are. And our culture is eat up with information download right now. But it's not revelation knowledge. It's not bringing any hope or life whatsoever. Amen. To the hearts of the people that God's so in love with. We're talking about being in earth as it is in heaven. Now, I do know enough about the Lord that when it gets this way, I'm feeling the atmosphere. Ah, there's decisions being made already. Amen. And I can't make that happen. Only the presence of God can make that happen. And so I want to challenge you with something here. It's, it says it this way. As Jesus began his ministry in Mark 1.15, his message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for God's kingdom to be experienced. The fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put the trust in the hope-filled gospel. Put your trust in the hope-filled gospels. Not facts, but truth. Amen. But how can I do this? I'm glad you asked. I like answering that question. In Matthew 16, we have Jesus gathering his followers with the backdrop of Philippi. And that was the place where most all the gods that men worshipped was the backdrop. And he chooses the backdrop where all the gods are located, their idols, to ask them a question. Who do you, who do men say that I am? And they began to go, well, some say you're John the Baptist and lies. You're one of the prophets. He paused. He said, ho, ho, ho. But whom do you say that I am? That's a very important question. And got silent. But all of a sudden, one leaped forward. His name was Peter. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the anointed one. Uh, and, and Jesus paused and said, oh, cool. See, you're privileged. You're favored, Peter. He's not more favored than anybody else. He's not more privileged than anybody else. The favor and the privilege 
was a part of Peter being opened to hear the truth. You can't figure this. This is what Jesus said to him. You, you didn't figure this out, Peter. My father came and revealed it to you. You ain't smart enough to figure this out. It took my father coming to tell you who I was or you wouldn't have ever known it. Revelation knowledge came to you. Now, I'm going to tell you now, Peter, this is who you are. He was Simon Bar-Jonah before then. But Jesus, because of revelation knowledge, says, Now, let me tell you about you. You're Peter. You're this little stone. Just figure something out because of revelation knowledge. And he said, because of the revelation knowledge, I'm going to build my church on this rock. This rock. Who's the rock? Jesus Christ. We ain't, he ain't building his church on Peter. He's building his church on the rock. What's the rock to me and you? <gasps> Fellowship, revelation, the truth. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory of God, our Father, full of grace and truth. Now you and I, the apple of his eye, his treasure, we're being transformed by his spirit and his truth into children of God. And what's going on right now? The whole creation is on tippy toes, looking for the manifestation of the children of God. Well, who are they? They're the ones that host revelation knowledge. They have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Ah, oh, not this ear, this inner ear. Ah, oh, they get this knowing and they go with it. <laughs> it's kind of like walking on water. Like, before I do this, I need to figure it out. I need to add it up. I need to qualify this before I step out here because I want to make sure it's solid. And the Lord said, no, that's not how me and you are going to walk. He's okay if it looks like water. If he says, come, it's going to be solid enough to walk. This is important for everybody here because you're not going to figure out how to be a good enough person to qualify for Jesus to say, well done. There's only one good, and that is God. The only hope I got is his goodness that qualifies me. So at the end of the day, I don't say, look what i done. Look what I did. I got it. Look what the Lord has done. The gospel is the key. And it's not shaking the preacher's hand. It's not going to a building that you call the church. It's being the church. Being in earth as it is in heaven. It's simple. What's the Lord saying to you right now? Do you believe it? Oh, I don't know. Therein lies the challenge. I need a knowing, okay? The Lord wants to give it to you. How does he do it? You experience the baptism of spirit and fire. When you experience the Lord, and it's not just feeling him. I mean, you, you can feel him here right now. But it's more than feeling God because every one of us have the filler. 
We know something bigger than us. Uh, but we want to go to science to try to figure it out. Or we want to, there's all kinds of ways we try to figure God out. The Lord says, no, just let me come to my house. He had them hang out in Jerusalem, right? After the seventh day, he said, don't you leave. Don't you leave, Jerusalem. He said, you, you hang out here, you tarry. You stay right here until you are endowed with power. Then you can be my witness. But they were wanting to be his witness before they were in doubt. Anybody ever done that before? I want Jesus to know I'm on his side. I don't know how he does what he does. I don't know how he, where I'm at, but I want him to know now. And the Lord said, no, no, I need you to hold and do exactly what John the Baptist prophesied. It's him. He's coming to baptize you with spirit and fire. This is to everybody. It's very important we catch this, ladies and gentlemen, because it was in Matthew 16 where Jesus tells Peter after he gets this revelation, thou art the Christ of some of He said, yeah, and you're Peter. I'm going to build my house on this rock, and I'm giving to you the keys to bind and loosen things. He's got some keys. He's the first one that we have record of that got that revelation knowledge. And so because you're the first one, Peter, I'm starting with this little stone here. I'm going to hand something off to you. And Peter denies him three times. Peter does some stupid stuff based on what I read. Anybody ever know what? Anybody know Peter? I'm like Peter. And the Lord knew what he was doing when he chose Peter. He knows what he's doing when he chose you. He don't regret it. Peter denied him, cursed him in front of others runs off and wept with sorrow about what he'd just done to the one that had done nothing but good to him, had done nothing but love him, spoke highly and spoke life and identity into him. Anybody ever done that before to Jesus? And the Lord is not beat up over the fact that we beat him up. He's in love with you. And this is so important for you to get. He's in love with the ones that you're in love with, the loved ones around you, that you want them to be blessed. You want them to have the best. But the Lord wants to take all your facts that you have today, and he wants to help you take them to the trash can so he can fill you up with truth. And when you see those that you're in love with, you can be a witness to them on what he's saying about them and their future. Because God's got great big plans, but he needs a vessel. He needs availability from us. He needs us to let him give us identity, amen, and it's called redeemed identity. That's how powerful you are. We find out, ladies and gentlemen, that Peter had that be there when the Jews received it, when the Samaritans, the half-breeds, because from God's lens, we're all one race called the human race, by the way. But the world was so messed up when Jesus came. It was messed up bad, kind of like today. Everybody's segregated in the spirit of racism and division and looking down on one another and vibing for provision. And the arrogance of that is in flesh. And it's it's due to all this information we think makes us intelligent. Jesus comes 
And he gives Peter the keys. And he had to be there in Samaria when they received the spirit and fire. Because when Philip came and he preached the good news, they were all baptized in his name. And they were healed, but yet none had received the spirit. So they call for who? Peter. And John comes along with him. Then you got the Gentiles, those guys. And there's this praying soldier, a centurion, that was consistent. He was always doing good with the people in his community and praying always. But it wasn't saving him. Anybody know some good people that do a lot of good things and they pray a lot? And an angel comes to Cornelius and says, look, your prayers and your alms has come up before God as a memorial. And uh, he wants you to know you need to send for Peter. He's going to tell you. The angel couldn't even give the gospel of Cornelius. It had to be the one that God gave the keys to. He's going to tell you what you and your house should do in order to be saved. And he was praying always and doing wonderful things, but he wasn't yet saved. And remember, salvation and identity are synonymous. Cornelius hadn't yet found out who he truly was. He was sincere enough. And I tell you, he was a pretty powerful guy. And he had influence with lots of people and the government. But that wasn't who he was from God's lens. Peter's going to come tell you something. And while he's telling you, I'm going to fill you up. And you're going to get this revelation knowledge on who you really are. And not only did he get it, but his whole house that was filled. And the Jews that were with Peter were marveling because the same thing that happened to them at Pentecost the same thing that happened to Samaritans was the same thing that was happening to the Gentiles. Paul writes a letter and he says, To whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. Does anybody believe that? Well, let's, let's read one thing about Paul's writing that is overlooked that will encourage you today. It says it this way in, in the book of Romans. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, qualify the King James here. And it's true. Everyone who calls on the Lord's name will experience new life. Verse 16, but not everyone welcomes the good news. As Isaiah said, Lord, is there anyone who hears and believes our message? Now, Paul throws Isaiah saying this in. Does anyone believe this good new message? It's like, where are the believers at? And then notice what Paul writes behind that. Faith, then, is birth in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. What pleases God, saints? Faith is what pleases God, correct? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the, that's the King James. 
But when you look at it from the original strong concordance and the Greek writing, faith comes by hearing and hearing the utterance of the anointed one. It's not this ear. It's not intellectual knowledge we're talking about. It's talking about all of a sudden you get this breath in your spirit and you know something you can't explain. Now that's how you sleep well at night. That's how you walk in peace and joy. And when you host that, I can't explain a thing God's doing right now, but everybody is attracted to that because you have something that they've been studying over time that they should be having, but they don't have it. It's the evidence of the kingdom. It's in everybody. Everybody desires peace and joy. Everybody wants to be innocent of all the guilt and the shame and the failure and the Everything yesterday that makes me a bad person, the Lord don't even see it because he shed his blood and covered it. We, we see it because we keep hearing this other voice telling us we're guilty. And saints, if everything good belongs to God, then everything bad belongs to what? Ah, the one that convinces us to follow in his spirit. And I've done a lot of things in his spirit that if I keep allowing that to haunt me, I won't ever be a witness for the one that loved me and come and purchased me and took care of all that. But for me to walk there, I need to be filled with spirit and with fire. The unction and utterance of the Holy One. So the Lord wants you to relax today because you're on the preface of some fun. It's right here. It's not out here far. It's in the moment that you're breathing right now. He's as real as you'll let him be. Amen. Faith happens to the one that responds to the utterance of the Holy One the anointed one. That's what faith is. Faith isn't, let me think a minute here. I'm going to think, think it in the, no, you're not. <sighs> and this most unruly member, most unruly member is the first sign that the kingdom has allowed, or rather you've given the permission for the king to come in his kingdom. And when the king takes place in his kingdom, and we submit to that, that's a bad word, submission. It's a bad word. But if you want some joy and peace, you want to you take that bad word and make it a good word so that the king can speak from you. The prophetic. Amen. We're getting to a place here, y'all, where anyone, and take me out of the picture, anyone that's obedient to the utterance of the Holy One when he speaks, where people come, they're going to start receiving it right where they're sitting. They're going to start getting it right where they're sitting. It's going to start happening. It's already in the making. Let me give you a few examples. My wife and I were here about 31 years ago and uh, had a wonderful time of encouraging people with the good news. 
But as we was leaving, we both agreed on some facts. We would never move to San Antonio or Texas. And we come up with all the facts. And they were pretty sound. And we agreed. Now, don't agreement sound, come on, Chris, that's good. Agreement sounds like that's God, right? My wife and I were in agreement. And some of the married couples saying, man, that's hard to do. But she and I was in total agreement that we'd never move to Texas. And there, there were some facts. We settled it. And right after we agreed on that, she, she does what she never does. She went to sleep while I'm driving. And the Lord, as our Justin Mira revelation unction came in and said, and the man is like, whew. And I'm looking and said, Antonio, my river, he says, where I'm sending you. I mean, he spoke it right into here. And, and, and all the guys know, us guys, we, we strong guys. Man, we don't cry about nothing. I started weeping because he spoke that. And I wept for 600 miles. I wept. I'm trying to clear my eyes just to get gas. I'm crying. And I'm telling God, you got to tell this girl here. And he come back with revelation unction and relaxed me and said, oh, I can handle that. And when I got that knowing, I don't know how in the world he's going to convince her. Because, man, I have a hard time. And sure enough, two weeks, revelation knowledge came to her, and she wept in my arms and says, I know where we're going. Where are we going, honey? Texas. <laughs> we could stop right here right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's been that ongoingly. I've always had to deal with the facts first. Talking to you. Not Dwayne. Our daddy is talking to his kids. Whether you accept it or not, he wants you to know he knows exactly where you are. He knows all the facts that has got you in prison. And he wants you to know that he's got something that if you'll let him come to his house, just let him come in. He's knocking. He's knocking. But if you ever open up and let him come in and sit down with you, we're talking about baptism and fire. We're not talking about weird stuff. I know it sounds like baptism with fire, spirit and fire. That's weird. No, he just wants to come into his house and show you he's been your true dad all the while. And it's okay that you be his kid, his child, and be happy and be full of joy and at peace because he provides that if we'll let him give it to us. Amen. Look, while I was ministering in that storefront, and I've got a list of things. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm back up. While I was in prayer, come on, if we ever have fellowship with God the way God's asking us, and just as he, you know, disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because every time he gets up and goes pray, the cities are turned right side up. I mean, <laughs> So it's coming out of fellowship somehow. How do you do that? He says, it's simple. It's simple. Amen. Address, address your father. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's your prayer to him. Our father. It's plural. 
our, we're members of one family, our Father, which art in How great is your name. And when you feel after him and you speak that name, the kingdom comes. The king of the kingdom comes. That whole illustration is you living out your identity. The Lord's prayer has been twisted in such a way that we just get into a ritual saying it. And the Lord said, no, it's you coming to me and living out your identity. And while I'm praying for his will to happen in this city, he's telling me to go knock on a door. The facts are you don't go knock on doors before daybreak. That's a fact. But truth came to me and said, get over there now. And there was such a fire and unction. Ah, yeah, Daddy, I don't want to give this up because I may have to repent to somebody. But that happened to me twice, y'all, twice, where the facts were you don't knock on people's door before they get up because you mess up their good sleep. But a lady was looking for her gun to blow her brains out, and she couldn't find it. And I'm knocking on the door because of an unction. And when she opens the door, she broke down. And in her living room, she gets filled with the Spirit and with fire. Peace comes to her house. Another man's in the shower crying, Lord, if you care, send somebody over to tell me. Now, how are you going to be smart enough to do that? How do you get enough intellect and knowledge to do that? You don't. But you let the one who knows it all take over his house. And you just go with it. And you follow the revelation of his word. And the bliss of the kingdom comes. The next generation that looks like they lost it. What I'm talking about is what they're looking for. They don't want your idea of church or religion. They're sick of it. What they want, give me the real thing or get out of my face. Is that true? And guess what? We can give it to them. And by the way, where they're at is our deliverance. It's waking us up. We're getting to a place where we're tired of going to church. We're going to be the church. Our world's hurting right now, but they're looking for Jesus. Jesus is attractive. Our religious ideas are unattractive. Is anybody ready to let him come to his house today? Now, I know Daddy wants you happy and he wants you fulfilled. He wants the bliss of his kingdom in you more than you want it. And you want it, I know but not like he wants to give it. So if you would just stand here today on this day of the Lord, every day is the day of the Lord. And the moment that we're in right now is where the miracle's at. It's not out ahead of the moment, y'all. Yesterday, all it'll do is produce more fear in your life. 
But if you'll just get in the moment with him and let him meet you here in the moment, he'll give you the kind of faith and boldness, not weirdness. He'll give you the kind of energy and the kind of vision that'll keep you from being vulnerable. It'll cover you. Anybody ready for that today? And so I invite you. Ain't nobody else here but you and Jesus. How hungry are you? How thirsty are you? And if you're dealing with a lack of hunger and desire and thirst for the things of God, ask the Lord for it. He'll give it to you. You can't conjure up hunger and thirst. But you can do without Jesus long enough, you'll get hungry. And so I encourage you today for the next little bit. And to the guests, thank you for coming. And if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. And thank you for being here. We're going to spend a few moments with our hearts postured this way to let Daddy come. And it's up to every individual. How much of them do you want to come? It's your call. And to you guys that have a problem with that a little bit, you know what you like doing where you get off and you and God have that discussion. He'll meet you there. But he can meet you here today, too. You're safe to let Daddy come to his house. Amen. Can we close our eyes and just open up our hearts? And to all that would, you can surrender by just saying, Daddy, here you go. Here I am. Here's your baby. Pick me up. I need you today. Thank you, Father, for cleansing me from all sin, every thought that exalts itself above you, every event in my life that was not you, every idea that's been planted in my spirit that makes me not qualified for being a child of your kingdom. Thank you right now, Lord, for letting me feel your presence and your invitation. For letting me hear the knock at the door. Help me to open my door up until you're able to take your place in my heart and bring your kingdom in fire in spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody need us to pray for you, we'll pray for you. But it's just you and Jesus, you and your daddy. Let him love on you right now. Enjoy his presence. Be in earth as in heaven.